Money in your bank account is a result of you serving other people. So um, it's it's an act of that of service. So those three things I think are going to create fulfillment and happiness um, and contentment and gratitude in your life. Um, but I will tell you, there is not a dollar amount in your bank that's going to make you happy. I heard something on Instagram. I don't remember where I heard it, but I'm going to quote it. And what do you say if you quote something once or, or if you quote something twice and it's yours? But um, they said, hey, listen, uh, if I gave you a million dollars right now, a million dollars showed up in your bank account, would you be happy? The person goes. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, we're fired up to have Brandon Baca here on the show, and I am so excited to introduce him. This man is a Marine Corps veteran. He is a 15-year real estate brokerage owner, and he has a 100-agent team that he has built, a training program, coaching program, excuse me, that he has built. And he is going to be on here talking today about how to adapt to new markets. He's actually in three markets. So if you've got excuses like, oh, it's not my market, it won't work. He's in a lot of different states that we're going to talk about today, but we're going to get into some really, really fun conversations. But thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on and take us into what is it like being in three areas at once? Matt, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, such a pleasure to be here and an honor to be here. Um, so being in three different markets, you know, I think probably 10 years ago, it would look a lot different than it does now. You know, one of the benefits that we got through COVID is people's um, uh, being comfortable with using things like Zoom, being online, online interactions. And I think in person, you know, we, we are definitely the pendulum is swinging back to center in terms of people getting together and they want to get together and that's great and, and, and good. But, you know, a lot of our agents are, you know, moms and dads and they're taking their kids to school and things like that. And so just having that comfort level with logging on to a, a zoom meeting or training uh, on your phone uh, has really, uh, you know, increased our participation um, as a real estate brokerage in terms of training, and then also our ability to sort of record and send things out. So, you know, really the the accessibility, it doesn't feel anymore, like even though somebody's in Dallas-Fort Worth or in Oklahoma City or Tulsa and I'm in Nashville, it doesn't really feel like they're they're very far away other than that maybe that once a month that we might get together as a brokerage for an event or a couple times a month that we get together for an event. So, um, so yes, our brokerage is sort of, all of our training is done online with some exceptions, but that's made it a lot more accessible for our agents. Um, and, you know, I, and I'm, I'm a phone call away. Our brokers are a phone call away. Um, our trainers are a phone call away. And so a lot of our, you know, life as real estate agents is working from home. And you know, I, I challenge people, I say, you know, you really, you go to a lot of brokerages around in any city and a lot of them are going to be empty because most people are working out of their houses now. Yeah. I remember, you probably remember this too. Remember when we used to have to go to the office to make copies? for contracts and scan and fax things up. And we thought like great technology was, uh, hey, I can scan this in and it will fax to somebody. We were blown away by that new technology. And now you can pretty much scan and do everything that you need to do from your phone. So uh, the world of real estate is much different technologically. It's made things a lot easier in a way and it's made some things harder. Yeah. 
So before I want to tackle right at the heart of the limiting beliefs. I mean, one of the things that I love about the military, particularly the Marine Corps, is that you're able to form new identities around things that are challenging and difficult and and build a mindset that, you know, persists through difficulty. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of people that have limiting beliefs. And Mm -hmm. one of the limiting beliefs I hear often is, well, your market is so different. So you're in Texas, you're in Oklahoma, you're in multiple markets within those states, and you're in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Can you can you speak to are all markets the same, or you know how how do you guide agents that have that yeah. limiting belief? You know, markets are different. There's no question about it, right? There's all these different variables. There's all these different. Um, you know, sometimes there we have markets that are uh, more competitive than other markets, have more agents per transaction than other markets, and so. There are certainly differences from market to market, but your fundamentals as a real estate agent really stay the same. And what I teach our agents is really, you do have to switch that mindset from a mindset of scarcity. Um, The mindset of scarcity says, well, there's not enough to go around. The mindset of abundance says there's more than enough. And really, you know, people are thinking about a lot of times when they're looking at you know, the real estate marketplace or the economy, um, they're looking too large. They're looking from a macro, uh, uh, you know, visual. And you really want to take that to a micro because you have an economy as an individual real estate agent. You have a you have a micro economy as just a human being. And so really, and you have influence, right? So, I, so there's one thing is like, uh, and I don't want to get too far down the rabbit trail here, but you know, I talk about you know, if you can kind of think of a bullseye and you have concentric circles around this bullseye, okay? The bullseye is the circle concent- of control. Concentric, you're talking about yeah. circles yeah, that yes. are bigger than circles, each other? Circles around circles, yeah. Okay, go on. So the, bull, the bullseye, right, is the circle of control. And around that is the circle of influence. And then around that is the circle of um, concern. So sometimes when we're watching the news, those are things that we should be concerned about but you can't control them and you can't influence them. And the more time you spend in that circle of control and that circle of influence, the better. So you can control your daily habits and what you do as an individual real estate agent, and you can influence others around you by controlling your daily actions. So, uh, you know, it's like, why does some agents, why are some agents more successful in this economy than they were in the previous one? Because they're taking advantage of unique opportunities to them and they're focused on their circle of control and their circle of influence. And so that's what I teach agents. Really, there's more than you can ever get. There's more than you can ever wrap your arms around, but you need to be focused on the things that matter, the things that you control and the things that you can influence. 100%. And I mean, just a lot of times looking at how many transactions are happening in a market can kind of immediately deflect the fact that there's nothing going on. Just looking at the numbers. Yeah. So, yeah, that's absolutely right. So, yeah, if you're looking at numbers and you go, okay, well, inventory is down. Okay, well, um, let's let's look at that as an, as an opportunity, right? Well, typically, when you're looking at you know numbers of inventory being down, it's like, well, where's the opportunity for people, right? Where's the opportunity? So, the opportunity is for sellers. Are you calling people in your network and letting them know, hey, if you put your mar- house on the market right now, it's going to sell and probably quickly if you price it right. There's an opportunity there, right? So you need to be engaging because how many times have you as a real estate agent looked on Facebook or Instagram and saw that your friend or family member or somebody that you knew that pretty close to sold their house? The question you need to be asking is, why didn't I get it? The answer is because you weren't talking to them. 
So there's opportunity out there. Are you going to have to dig harder? Yes. Are you going to have to um, have a higher uh, a higher call volume, outbound call volume? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean you're not going to be able to sell. It doesn't mean you're not going to be able to think, look at things uh, or make things happen. So really, you need to be looking for the opportunity. And I think the opportunity for agents right now is um, go dominate. Go do the work that other agents aren't willing to do. Um, and you can make it and you can do really well. And then when the market shifts, you're going to be positioned that much better to reap that harvest. So go out there and sow the seeds now. Reap those benefits now, which can be really good. Work harder than those other agents are going to work. And then, man, when that when the market shifts and the and the harvest comes, you're going to be that much better, uh, better off. When you're coaching a hundred different agents, mm -hmm. do you kind of take a one size fits all approach to their lead generation sources? Do you kind of just guide them or is it more a focus on the activities themselves? How do you, you know, advise people to become successful in real estate? Yeah, well, there's some, definitely some fundamentals, right? Like, you know, one of the things that I teach people is, look, if you're not comfortable with making outbound calls, this is going to be a really hard job. Okay, so you've got to square with, hey, there's an amount of, hey, I've got to reach out to people to make things happen. Uh, a lot of agents will get super focused on marketing versus sales or putting themselves on social media or doing reels. They'll spend, you know, days and weeks and months on those things. And those things, I'm not saying those things are bad, but they need to be paired with activities that are going to bring you business right now, which is that's called sales, right? So there are some fundamentals. Now, what I have found with those fundamentals is that some people are going to do a little bit better at one versus the other. So if I take, for example, you know, somebody who does for sell by owners, I've got an agent right now. She just listed in the last week, $3.2 million worth of property, which is a lot for us here in Nashville, <laughs> maybe, maybe not in California, but here it's like, those are some big houses. Uh, but you know, from for sell by owners. Uh, but then I have another agent who's got two houses under contract, probably be about 1.2 million um, from people that they met on open houses because they like that interaction in the open house scenario. So, uh, you know, I'm teaching both of those things to both of those people. But if what I find is depending on their personality, they find their groove and and one of those. And so I want them to build a base level of competency in everything. But they're typically going to find a seam in one of those things and build that out. So, so the answer to your question: um, Do I take take an individualized approach or do I take a uh, a more base level approach? The answer is yes. You know, just, so yes, I'm teaching all of those things to everyone, but they typically find their own way, and then we work with that. Right? I can take that individual agent and say, okay, let's expand on that. Um, let, let's build on it. What? Where can we find more opportunity in that seam? that you found in, in real estate. And then we build off of that. You love encouraging agents. What words of encouragement do you have for an agent that maybe is feeling a little bit down right now? Yeah, that's a great question. And by the way, you, if, if you're an agent that's feeling down, you are not the only one, right? We were in this place where, you know, money's seemingly falling out of the sky and deals are falling out of the sky. And all of a sudden it's gut check time. You know, we have to do things differently. We have to work differently. We have to, um, we have to adapt. And so what I can tell you, you know, just from my own personal experience is number one, to focus on the things that really matter. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about, um, you know, wealth, right? 
and what it's like to be a one percenter. And and I'm not saying that I'm a one percenter, but I what I will say is that if you make over thirty two thousand dollars a year, you're a one percent in the world globally, right? If you have food in your refrigerator, uh, uh, food in your belly, and a house, you're in the top two percent of the world's population. So really. We have a lot to be grateful for, and you typically have a lot of people around you that love you and support you. So number one is focus on the things that matter and realize what you have. Be grateful for what you have. And then secondly, look at what you have agency over. What can you change? And you have the ability to change. And so it's like, well, you have capability. So really the the only game, Matt, is really here. We've got, the, we've got a, a, a good situation. Right, we have capability and agency. Now the only really thing left is action. So if you can focus on action, do it. But but here's the other thing. You gotta you gotta stop scrolling social media for 10 hours out of your day looking for dopamine hits. That's not going to be the answer. Really, the answer is going to be in your action. By the way, this is where agents are are they get anxious, right? Well, what is anxiety? Anxiety is typically uh, born of something that you didn't do. Get after it, right? You want to cure your anxiety? Do the thing that you're anxious about. Go make the call. Go um, go dig into your taxes, right? Go, um, uh, you know, ants, go ahead and clean out your email inbox. Go ahead and clean out your text messages, right? All those things that you've been waiting on and you're scrolling on social media, hoping that magically you're going to feel better is not going to happen. The way that you're going to feel better is by taking action and knocking out the things that are on your to-do list and doing the things that you have agency over. And if you do that day after day after day, you're going to find yourself in a much better state of mind. Uh, and then I, the other thing I'll pair that with is get out and exercise. It really it's 45 minutes a day, and I don't care if you just go on a walk that's two miles long. I just want you to get outside. I want you to walk. Um, if you can, do it without headphones. And just give yourself some time to think, process, develop, and um, give yourself life, right, in that time. So an agent that's listening to this might be thinking, okay, well, yeah, you just tell me to be content. But that's just going to make me mediocre. Like, that's not going to actually help me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've given some advice there about exercise and so on and so forth. How does yeah. the gratitude lead to the results? Well, I, here's what I want to tell you. Now, I, I will make a, a differentiation. So I'm not saying be content. I'm saying be grateful, <laughs> right? So those are two different things, right? Being grateful for what you have, right? There's not necessarily contentedness. Uh, so, so you can be grateful, but you can say, maybe I'm discontent with my situation, right? I'm grateful for these things that give me the ability to go out there. Um, but, uh, what was the second part of your question, Matt? So basically what I would like to unpack here today is let's yeah. talk about the relationship between contentment and happiness, yeah. lack of contentment and gratitude. Like how do all those play together? So, I mean, I, don't, I think most people probably wouldn't want to live an unhappy life permanently. Sure. Right. And so. Let's, let's unpack those. Yeah. Well, happiness is a choice, right? I mean, we have to, we have to make those, you're, you're not going, a situation is not going to make you happy. That's why people who a lot of times become really wealthy, like celebrities and play, like they get everything that they want. They get all the fame, they get all the fortune and guess what? They're not happy. Why? Because they're not focused on the, the real things for people that make them happy, right? One of them, I mean, 
first of all, is your spirituality. Um, you, your relationship with your creator, the universe, whatever it is, right? There is a spiritual element to humanity. And so that needs to be cultivated right in your life. And so you need some time in silence. You need some time to really connect. You need some time in nature to connect. I, I went uh, on a hike with my kids this last week. We like to chase waterfalls sometimes on the weekends. And, um, you know, I was like spending that time in nature and I go, man, I really need to be doing this more often because it connects you with the universe, right? In a way, it connects you with God in that way. So uh, nature is that one of those things. The other one is key relationships and cultivating those key relationships. You know, people spend a lot of time, um, you know, cultivating this perfect, um, you know, uh, personality or situation on social media, but really that 10 minutes when you get home from work, right, where you're talking to your wife or you're talking to your kids, because you have to do that day after day after day, that's what you need to create mastery over, right, in terms of your happiness. So cultivating your spiritual life and your family life are going to go much longer in terms of your happiness than your success at work. Now, that said, we can pair that with fulfillment at work with what you're doing and feeling that you're doing something right for people, that you're doing something good for people, that you're serving people. So I've found in work, the best way to do it is to view your work as a service to others, right? How are you serving? And if you're, if you're doing that from that place of service uh, and you, and you're, basically running all of the decisions that you're making through that place of service. That's what I call the sleep at night variable, right? Because you're not doing something just to get a deal done. And you're not doing something just to get money into your bank account, right? Money in your bank account is a result of you serving other people. So um, it's, it's an act of that, of service. So those three things I think are going to create fulfillment and happiness um, and contentment and gratitude in your life. Um, but I will tell you, there is not a dollar amount in your bank that's going to make you happy. I heard something on Instagram. I don't remember where I heard it, but I'm going to quote it. And what do you say if you quote something once or, or if you quote something twice and it's yours? But um, right. they said, hey, listen, uh, if I gave you a million dollars right now, a million dollars showed up in your bank account, would you be happy? The person goes, yeah, I'd feel pretty happy about that, right? Goes, okay, well, what if I told you, I'm going to give you that million dollars in your bank account, but that's the last day that you're ever going to see and you're going to die tomorrow. So money isn't everything, right? It's not more important than your health and not more important than your life, right? Um, it will give you some amount of like maybe relief, but there's not a dollar amount that's truly going to make you happy. Um, it's those other things. Yeah. And just from what you're saying, you could tell in your perspective, happiness comes from a deep connection spiritually, which yes. oftentimes for us is how we form our purpose. Right. Purpose generally leads us into service, which yes. leads to fulfillment because then life's bigger than ourselves. The money really is just the vehicle to ease the process so that you could live in purpose, right? Because a Correct. lot of us, when we go to make money, oftentimes we have to walk away from our purpose. Now there's a few people, small percentage out there that are able to do both at the same time, which is, mm -hmm. which is pretty incredible. And so someone that's sitting in a, a position right now, market's gotten a lot tougher. They're going to have to level up. They're going to have to build some skills. How would you say you balance the equation between focusing on service, focusing on gratitude and focusing on, you know, providing for the family? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a, a really good question in terms of like creating that balance. And, and the reality of it is there is not always balance. You know, as a real estate agent, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you're not always going to find a perfect balance. And I think that's something that we are always sort of searching for. You're going to have seasons where you're going to work hard. What And you're going to have seasons where you can kind of, hey, spend a little bit more time here or there or whatever the case may be. Um, one of the things that are that's um, kind of cool about living in Nashville is you ha you get to be around a lot of people who are in the music business and that are, um, um, you know, out there making things happen. Um, so I've got a, a friend of mine who's across the street. He's uh, breaking out in, in Christian music as a recording artist. And so, you know, there is a season where he has to go on tour. Okay, so there's going to be some focus on building, right? That's And that's a business, by the way. So he's building an audience. Right. But there's also a season where he gets to write songs. So he's writing. There's a season of recording. And so that's kind of helped me connect a lot in terms of um, those seasons of life. But really, those seasons are going to be a lot more manageable if you're communicating with the people that are around you, the most important people like your husband, your wife, your kids, whatever. It's like, hey, I'm in this season right now and this is what it's going to look like. So um, so what I'll say is. Uh, you know, re realize what season you're in, like pay attention, right? Is it time to harvest, right? Is it time to build database? And not that I'm saying you, you, you know, it's, you know, a, 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 what, what do you call it? You know, this big pendulum where you're doing all or nothing. But what I'm saying is there's going to be times where you're more focused on some things than others. So recognize what season you're in, um, set a deadline or a, or a reward and say, hey, I'm going to do this for 30 days, 60 days, create that reward and have everybody brought in on that reward. So we're going to all win together. So for me with six children or you with four kids, if we say, hey, guess what? At the end of this six weeks, we're going to go to Florida. We're going to go to the beach. We're going to go to Hawaii. We're going to go do whatever, right? And spend time together and celebrate, um, celebrate that work or that season and what happened during that time and spend some time reflecting. Yeah. Cause one of the dangers without the deadline is it just, you could always be in one season, you wake up and your kids are 18 and 20, you don't have a relationship with them. Yeah. So you mentioned pre-show, like your family is your most important thing. And I don't know a lot of Correct. us say that, but like, mm -hmm. what does that mean for you? How, how do you think about that? Well, I mean, at the end of, I mean, you, one of the things that's super beneficial is the remembrance of death, <laughs> this which sounds really morbid, but guess what? There, we got a 100% chance that none of us are going to make it out of here alive. Okay, so when we keep that in mind and we say, hey, look, um, wh what's most important? Like if you sort of really reflect on that and go, all right, what does the end of my life look like? And what do I want to have accomplished? And what do I want to have done, right? You're typically thinking that I want to have people that love me and that I was surrounded with those people that love me. Right. And that they have good things to that they feel about me and that their lives were empowered and bettered by my life being in their life. Right. So when you think about that, right, it can sort of shape all of those other things. So when I say like my family is most important to me, it's because that's who I want around me and that's who whose lives I want to have impacted at the end of this. You know, really, that's what's really important to me because the people that I love and care about deeply. So, yeah, that's a, a very effective mindset. Um, as morbid as it may seem, uh, but it's real. Uh, so yeah, that's what I say is like, well, the work part of it is important and I want to have accomplished that. 
Um, there are, and but it only in service of those people that I care about the most that 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 serve them. So it's really a do I live to work or do I work to live? Right. And to me, it's like my work serves to me the most important thing. Right. The most important thing is the family. Right. So it's like all of that, all careers, right, are in service of that one in my mind. Yeah. Uh, Take us into the tangibility of this. Like, what are the deadlines you set for yourself as far as time deadlines or mm -hmm. as far as like when I achieve X, yeah. then I do Y? Yeah. Well, one of the things is like just to having a daily deadline. Um, there's always an amount of work. I mean, there's always work that can be done, especially when you get into real estate. It will creep into every area of your life, every area. Um, it has a unique ability to do that. So one of them is just having a daily deadline where I'm like, hey, look, you know what? At five o'clock every day or 530, I'm done, which may not sound for, for realtors. If you're kind of in the thick of it, that might not sound realistic. But what I want to encourage you is that that can be done. As a matter of fact, I just did a podcast on time management. Uh, that can be done, right? With proper uh, time management and proper delegation, you can shut down at 530 every day, right? There might be an exception to that, but for most of them, you can. So one of them is that. And just having that time uh, with my family at the dinner table is sort of the reward for the day's work. It's one of my favorite places on the planet is being around my dinner table with my kids. And as they've gotten older, uh, that's become more and more fun and funny. The kids are hilarious. And they love to make fun of me. And I think it's really, really funny. So there's one of them. Um, the other one is having deadlines around those, those seasons of your life. So, you know, for instance, um, we just celebrated. So for us, you know, Easter is a big deal, right? So we all worked hard during this season of our life, right? During this Lent, we're at Easter. And so we, we spent a fair amount of time celebrating that. We spent two or three days partying and celebrating and having time because we had worked hard during that time in our life. Um, the other one is I, I do like to do uh, uh, the end of the busy season. So I know, right, because by the way, when you have as many kids as you do or I do, what happens is summer? Summer's insane. You're working harder than you've ever worked. Your kids are going to camp every 15 seconds, right? There's all, everybody's trying to cram every wedding, graduation, everything. It's just insanity if you have any sort of social connection whatsoever. And it's hot, right, where we are. So what we do is we typically set, um, we do have some time that we set aside in the middle of the summer, but it, it, it can be a little challenging sometimes to get away because there's so much going on. Uh, but we do set a vacation at the end of the summer. So typically like post Labor Day, mid to late September, where we go, okay, that's the end of that, right? And, and not only is that time a time for us to be together and to celebrate uh, um, that season being over, that crazy season being over, but it's also a time to reflect and then to look at what the next part of our year is going to be. So I like those semi, what I would say, it's it's not, I, I'm not like super rigid with them, but like semi quarterly uh, reflection periods where we're spending that time together uh, and reflecting and looking at what the rest of the year looks like. And by the way, um, you know this and I know this, man, the years um, go faster and faster and faster, especially when you have kids and they become teenagers, man, it moves super quick. I mean, they're, they go th from 13 to 18 overnight, feels like. It is so wild. Uh, mm -hmm. And like I, being a math major, think of my kids in percentages of how far they have <laughs> come and how far they have to go. 
and yeah, that's it's, it's depressing. depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. like like it's like the death calculator yeah. that you talk about, yeah. right? It's like oh, I'm 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 35 years from death or whatever the case is, right? I yeah. always think about I like to think about it in the in reverse with the kids because it's like okay, I've got 18 years, you know, mm-hmm. when my daughter turned nine, it's like 50 percent is it's it's gone, you know, dude. Like, yeah. That- that's, it's super scary. You know, I had this deal this, this past week where, you know, in terms of that celebration where we're celebrating our Easter. And um, I remember, I, I mean, I'm exhausted, right? I, and I'm, I'm, I'm participating a lot in, in the life of our church and helping pull all of that stuff together. And um, I'm, there's a party that day, right? In, the, in that celebration. And I'm thinking like, I'm completely wiped. And I, I'm like, I don't think I can get up and go. I don't have it in me emotionally. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And then something happened. It clicked in my mind. I don't have very many of these left with all my kids Mm. in the house. As a matter of fact, this could be my last one. My daughter's 18. So I don't know if she's going to, you know, I I don't know what she, she could be anywhere. She could be in Europe next year. She could be, uh, you know, who knows, right? So this could be one of the last ones. So that's really like that sort of acute reality that I don't have a whole lot of time left with all my kids in the house. And um, so I snapped out of it. Yeah, I love that. What does the next 12 to 18 months look like for you? What's your vision for for the future? You know, really, I think for those of us who grew um, businesses, so re- I started 10 Oaks. Um, I left a previous company that I had founded to start 10 Oaks in 2019. And it's for those of us who saw rapid growth during that time, you know, we might not have built the foundation as solid as it needed to be built, right? Because we're, we were busy, right? We were busy doing sort of, the, you know, the sales part of it or reaping the rewards of that post-COVID market. And so I think for us, you know, as a company, it's really going to be around um, making sure that we have that sure foundation because I don't want to build a four-year company or a five-year company or a 10-year company. I want to build a 50-year company. I want to build a hundred-year company. And so uh, what do the you know money habits look like for that type of a company? What do the uh, operational procedures look like for that type of company? What does, um, what does our realtor acquisition and our training program look like? Like what are the things that are really, really important that are going to keep people here a long time and are going to keep us uh, in existence for a long time. And so whether you, and you may just be a real estate agent if you're listening to this, but you do need to be thinking about the foundational practices, right? How does your database look, by the way? That's one of the things I find that real estate agents neglect all the time. But guess what? Your database is going to be incredibly important as a foundational aspect of your business. Don't wait like me until you're 10 years in the business and then go have to rebuild your database with people who are selling, you know, with your past sales because you weren't paying attention. And then all of a sudden half the people you sold houses to bought and sold with someone else with another agent. Don't make that mistake, right? Take this time over the next 12 to 18 months when you can, there's going to be some busy times, but lay the, lay that foundation the right way. Build, you know, I always talk about Matt building a house, you know, and it's like, okay, well, you got a foundation, right? And you got the framework and you got the roof on it and you got, you got to put the bricks on all that stuff, right? Um, don't spend all your time just sweeping up because if you're just spending all the time sweeping up, there's always going to be dust blowing in, right? You got to spend some time building that, building the the things that are going to leave you with a finished house when all this is over. So, you know, uh, lay that foundation, put the plumbing in, put the framework in, put the roof on, put the house together, right? And build a real business. So 
Every realtor, whether they see themselves in it or not, they are a small business owner. And the more you see it as a business, the better. Bren, thank you so much for sharing about your life and your business. There's so many nuggets. I love how this episode went in the direction of setting up spiritually, emotionally. Like these are the things that while people maybe will say, well, it would have been better if they talked about tactics. These are the things that will set you up so that the strategies you employ will actually work and they'll deliver the results you want. So I can't thank you enough. And if you're out there listening, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're feeling the emotions of it. Like take the nuggets that, that Brandon dropped today as far as the gratitude, contentment, fulfillment, purpose. These are the things that can make life truly enjoyable. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable. This freedom is required one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one.